Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Onward in the Faith's podcast for the year 2020. 2020 has been a bit of a year for most people between things happening within the world itself, whether it's the pandemic or the riots, whether it's people facing personal tragedy and suffering, and you know even people facing really good and unique things. God is still in just as much control as he's always been, but for a lot of us, this year just really stands out as unique for a lot of reasons. And so what I thought I would do as my final episode this year is just take a moment to reflect and kind of share with all of you who have been with this ministry on its journey this year, and just kind of share some ups and downs that I've experienced and been seeing in the ministry, as well as share where I see things going in the year 2021 and beyond. I'm not totally sure how long this episode will be, but I will have timestamps down in the show notes so that you can skip to anything that may interest you, or you can just see a spoiler of everything I talk about and not have to listen to all of this. Um, Down in the show notes as well, though, you're going to see a link to a survey, and I would really appreciate it if you would take time to fill that out. It's just 10 questions long. A lot of it is just uh, multiple choice questions, but what it's designed to do is to ask the listeners and the readers of Onward in the Faith, you know, how did you find this? How do you use it? And what would you like to see from it in the future? Because ultimately, I'm not here to just talk at you. I'm not here to feel good because people read or listen to my content. Ultimately, I'm here for you, for your benefit. And... I'm hoping through this survey and through people's honest responses that I will be able to take what people are doing or what they're desiring and be able to kind of better focus what this ministry does or the content I create. And so in that way, I can be a better steward of this ministry God's given me and I can follow him and his will better and where he wants me to serve his people in my own unique way. So, as I said, that will be down in the show notes if you could just take, I don't know, five minutes maybe and just fill that out. But let's just jump right into it. So, in terms of what's happened with this ministry this year, you know, this is my kind of second year um, doing this. You know, I started back in uh, March of 2019. Uh, So, this year, uh, there's been some kind of big things and a lot of firsts. The probably biggest thing that happened... Um, is probably why a lot of you are listening to this right now. And that was my whole discussion on Dana Coverstone and these seemingly prophetic dreams he was having. Uh, You know, if you don't know the story about how I came about writing that article, I had a friend at church text me and she just said, hey, you know, have you seen this video about this guy's dreams? You know, would you let me know what you think about it? And I'd seen it bouncing around a little bit, but I personally didn't watch it just because people always have dreams and prophecies and things like that. And if you've read my articles or listened to my episode, you kind of know how I feel about what role prophecy and dreams play in a post-apostle New Testament Christian life. But I watched the video, and I was going to just you know fire back a quick text, but I thought, you know, I've seen a few people sharing this. Maybe I'll just write an article. You know, It'll help my friend maybe give her something to think about, and maybe some other people who have questions will, will be encouraged or challenged by it. And so I wrote it, and it was long, as you saw. I wrote it in a day. Um, it took me, oh, I don't even know how long, several hours, though. 
But, you know, I wrote it and I sent it out there and I assumed it would be like every other article I write where it would be really long and people would read it if they were really interested and then it would just kind of serve its purpose. And I think it was later that day or the day after my phone started giving me a bunch of alerts from my uh, web hosting app and it was saying, hey, there's a lot of traffic going to your website. And I've only had that happen one other time. So I was like, oh, what did I do that people are suddenly reading? You know, because typically it's when people are sharing things that I get more than 20 uh, hits in a day. And I look and my number of views on this article had just skyrocketed. And I was even getting some comments on it. And long story short, you know, if you've followed that coverage, you know, I did a follow-up article and episode where I kind of clarified some things and answered some more questions that people may have had and things like that. But when the dust has finally settled on that, uh, I'm still getting hits on that as we speak. But um, I decided for this episode that I would look at my uh, statistics, which is something I typically don't look at because I don't do this whole ministry for numbers and just knowing my own pride and my own need for control. I try not to look at numbers and stress over, you know, is this getting more or less views? You know, I try to be faithful while still uh, trying to remain humble and obedient and ultimately submissive to Christ. But so I looked at the numbers, though, and a typical blog article that I write will get maybe 50 to 100 views just on average. You know, the the more exciting ones or the bigger ones will get up words of a thousand, but 50 to 100 is what I average. And as of yesterday, when I checked, I was at a little over 69,000 views on just that first article alone. And then there's, you know, more views on the follow-up articles. So that is by far the biggest article my blog will ever see. And in terms of the podcast, I will likewise get maybe one to 200 downloads for an episode. And uh, so far, I've gotten about 1,500 downloads on the original episode. So like I said, it's been, you know, that one topic, that thing that I did kind of on a whim, just, just, you know, shooting it out there for a friend has just driven a lot of traffic to my, my website and my podcast. And, you know, as you hear that, you know, if you are kind of invested in this ministry, that's probably really exciting to hear, I'm sure. You know, 69,000 views. I mean, that's, you know, when I'm only getting a hundred, I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, it's, it's almost hard to comprehend, but when I think about all this stuff that's happened, you know, the numbers don't mean much to me. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not in it for how many people think I'm smart or clever or wise or whatever. You know, I just, I want to serve people. But what stood out to me the most from this whole experience is that really in that moment and since then, you know, this ministry has really kind of lived out its purpose uh, for those who don't know, the guiding verse, if you will, for for this ministry and, and what my desires are as I'm trying to serve God and bring him glory with this ministry is Colossians 1.28, which says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. And that complete in Christ, uh, different translations will put it as perfect or mature. And overall, the idea is that, you know, what Paul's talking about here, and really what my desire is, is through this teaching opportunity that I have, for those who are willing to sit through my long articles or sit through my long podcast episodes, you know, you give me an opportunity to teach you things about God's Word and about the Christian life. And 
I've always been thankful for whatever big or small number of people I've had. You know, I've always had kind of the faithful few since the very beginning, and I've had people come and go, I know, but by having so many eyes kind of on this one article, I've seen what this ministry can mean to people, whether through the comments on the article itself or personal emails that people sent to me. I had a lot of people reach out to me, and it was really encouraging because there was a lot of them that were really positive and encouraging, and there were some that disagreed with me. But overall, everyone was very loving and respectful in seeing that, you know, even if they said, you know, I don't agree with you, but I see where you're coming from. I understand why you would think this way. And that was encouraging to me because it's not important to me that people agree with me. What's important is that people know why they believe what they believe. And so if they can read what I'm saying and understand my thought process, then at the very least, the worst case scenario is that I'm giving them something to springboard off of and say, I don't agree, but now I have kind of a framework to work on why I disagree. You know, so if someone doesn't agree with my understanding of how God uses prophecy or dreams or, you know, my articles on whether God allows for divorce or my discussions on things like Santa Claus and Halloween, you know, people are free to disagree with me on those things. But at the very least, they can find points to say, okay, I disagree with this. Now I need to understand why. And so with so many people getting eyes on this, it was really neat because people were just, they were being blessed and encouraged by that article. But I had several people reach out and say, you know, I I found you by searching for, you know, this topic. And then I decided to read other articles on your website. And, you know, I'm really encouraged with how thorough and thoughtful you are and how lovingly you present truth. And, you know, I mean that, you know, there's times it almost moved me to tears because, you know, not because people think that I'm this guy, but that the, the fruit of the spirit that God has worked in my life is playing out in this, in this ministry, because I'm not a loving person. And it's funny to me when, when people say, you know, oh, you know, you just, you, you cover everything with love and patience and understanding. And, you know, it's kind of a Christian cliche to say, oh, well, all glory to God, but no, literally all glory to God, because that is not me. I am not patient. I am not loving. I am not kind, but through the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, I am those things to the glory of God. And it was really just neat to kind of see people almost confirm a lot of, of, what I want this ministry to be about and how I I feel that I'm called to glorify God through it. And, you know, not only that, but, you know, people, you know, like I said, they shared their, their thoughts and their comments with me and all that. But I've had a lot of actually people kind of reach out and be vulnerable with me and say, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I heard this video and I was about to, you know, cancel my moving plans or I was going to cash in my retirement and all that. And I mean, there was a lot of people who were, their immediate reaction was fear but, you know, God was able to kind of give them some kind of comfort or peace through what I had written. And it, that was just, that was really huge to me because lives were changed based on really just my obedience to God and trying to examine kind of the whole thing and apply a biblical worldview to to some information that we were getting. And so, you know, just overall, the the interactions I've had with people have been fantastic. They've been so encouraging and so humbling. And it's been nice to know that, you know, as people are reading my content, they don't mind longer content because I try not to fill it with fluff and nonsense and chatter. You know, everything that I write, I try to keep it crisp and I try to keep it to the point, but I want it to be thorough. I want people to be able to walk away from an article or podcast episode with 
a lot that they can understand and a lot to think about. And so, you know, people have actually enjoyed longer content instead of these quick bite-sized things. You know, and I realize what I write isn't for everyone, and that's fine. But people are enjoying things that are thoughtful and apply logic and not just emotion to the Christian life. And like I said, people enjoy the loving tone to everything because, you know, a lot of my beliefs aren't very popular. But, you know, God has really taught me, and it seems to come through in my writing, that whatever we believe, whether it's really popular or whether it's not, we need to approach it with love and understanding to others and not just bend the truth to make people feel better, but we don't need to bludgeon them over the head with it either. And so, you know, just, and above all, you know, people, when they talk about the content that I write, the one thing they always appreciate is that it's biblical. And that is huge to me because I don't want to be known for being a good writer. I don't want to be known for being clever or easy to understand or what have you. I want people to think, wow, Onward in the Faith is about God's word. And the fact that so many people are kind of echoing that and confirming that was really huge for me. And it was such a, a boost after, you know, spending over a year writing and, and kind of feeling like I was writing into the void. You know, I was sending stuff out there and not getting a lot of views. And again, it's not about numbers, but there are times where it feels discouraging. But just knowing that I am doing what God has called me to do and that it does matter for those people that God kind of brings to it, just really encouraging. And then from there as kind of just a last thought on this topic, is that, uh, you know, God, you know, he, he through, through his people, he confirmed what I'm doing. But he also, I think, refined my own desires. Because as a content creator, whether it's my writing or this podcast now, there's, I think, an inbuilt assumption that the best thing that we can hope for is more clicks, more eyes, more listens. You know, that's the best thing that we can hope for. And I just kind of entered into it thinking, oh, I want to be big. You know, my, you know, I've said that my big inspiration for even starting this blog was Tim Challies and the blog that he runs. And I thought, you know, I just, I want to be the big guy. You know, I want to get all the views and, and really just reach people with what I'm doing. And obviously I'm not writing for no one to read it. But what God really taught me is that, you know, when those, when those views started coming in and there was comment after comment and I was spending really every moment of my day either spending it with my family or handling the comments, you know, I enjoyed it, but that is not what I feel called to. That is not how I feel that God has kind of built me to serve him. You know, I don't, I'm not the guy that, that is going to be in the spotlight and constantly fielding questions and spending all my time on social media and things like that. Really, what I want to do is I just want to teach. I want to create a resource for things like the local church or for people to use in tandem with their church. You know, I don't want to be a primary source for people. I don't want to be this big name in front of people. I just want people to come to Onward in the Faith and say, I'm going to go here because I know that what I'm going to find is going to help me become more mature. It's going to help me in my walk with Christ. And and that's fine. I mean, that's more than fine. That's that's awesome because you know, when I was when all these users were coming in and I was getting really overwhelmed, you know, I was I was tired. I was up at all hours trying to, you know, answer people and give them good, thoughtful responses and, and back and forth. I was uh, talking to my friend and I, I basically shared with him, you know, I understand I am so overwhelmed. I am not enjoying this. You know, I thought the spotlight would be this awesome thing because that means more people are seeing my stuff and interacting with it. But I am just exhausted and overwhelmed. And he basically just said to me, Ray, you just need to enjoy what God is doing right now. 
maybe he's going to keep it going forever. Maybe it's just a, a temporary thing. But whatever it is, you need to enjoy what God's doing with your ministry and in your life. And when I heard that, it really it was a really a shift in my worldview because, you know, it just it reminded me whatever's happening, what you know, whatever whether it's bad and terrible, obviously that's when we stay focused on God. But even when good things happen, I just need to be focused on God and trust that if He's doing it, it's going to be a good thing. And all I can do is serve and be obedient and try to bring Him glory in whatever it is that's going on. So overall, that whole the whole podcast episode and the articles that I've written about these dreams and prophecies. Um, it, it was just huge for this ministry. It's gotten a lot of you are probably here from that and you've stuck around because you enjoy everything else that I'm creating. But just overall, you know, if you, if you didn't see it happening in, in the background, you know, that is what God has been doing in my life through those articles. I didn't just write them and, and walk away. I mean, they've been a huge part of how God's been teaching me through this ministry. Now, moving on from that, I started a podcast during my first year of kind of starting this ministry and figuring out, you know, what is, what is this supposed to look like? What am I supposed to do? I had several people say to me, you know, have you ever thought about an audio version? And I'm just like, no, no, of course not. Because I, I just want to write stuff. I just want, I don't want to put me in it so much. I just want to create content. And I just, I kept having people say, you know, have you really thought about an audio thing? Cause it would be easier to consume. It would reach a different audience and things like that. And so um, you know, if there's one thing I know about me, it's that I am very slow to kind of listen, but when I do, I go for it. And so, you know, God really just, I don't want to say wore me down, but he finally got me to that point where it was very obvious and clear that at that point he was leading me towards starting this podcast. And so, you know, here we are, episode 35. I made it past the, uh, I think it's seven episodes is when most podcasts die. So, Hurrah, I've made it. But, you know, when I when I first thought about making this, I just figured, oh, you know, all, all I'll do is I'll just take an article that I wrote and I'll just read it. That way, people who don't have time to sit and read a five to ten minute article can just listen on their drive or whatever. And I tried several recordings and it just it drove me nuts listening to it because it didn't feel real and authentic. And, you know, whenever I've spoken in public before and things like that, I'm not I'm not a formal person. I I try to give good thoughtful things to say but I don't I don't want it to feel rigid you know because it, it doesn't feel natural to me and I assume it doesn't feel natural to those listening so I scrapped that idea and instead what I did is I took as was the original goal an article I wanted to discuss but I would pull from that you know my po- my main points and kind of the the scripture that I use but then I would just create a basically a a speech outline for it to go through with my episodes. And, you know, there were some growing pains, but the response to it has been really good and solid. And I'll be honest, I kind of enjoy this more than I thought because to sit down and write, I have a lot of time to delete and really pause and think and all that. But, you know, my primary passion has always been to stand up and teach in front of people. And this ministry actually started because my health and my um, chronic nerve pain made it hard for me to consistently teach at my church. And, you know, I wanted to serve. I wanted to teach. I wanted to keep encouraging other Christians in their walk with Christ. And, you know, that's just where this ministry came from. And so for me to do a podcast was to kind of get back to, I guess you could call it my first love in serving, which is to just just talk about the things of God. Because 
I don't know how it comes through on the mic, but I love just talking about God's word, what it means, and especially what it means in our lives. You know, because this is not about just knowledge and acquiring intellectual understanding. It's about applying it to our lives. Because that's, as I've said before, that's the ultimate goal of all theology is understanding who God is and then how we live understanding that. So, you know, this podcast for me has just been a really good outlet for me just to talk and chat and actually give voice without constantly editing and just, and things like that, just sitting down and just talking about God's word and the Christian life. Then another new thing this year is that, again, after talking to some people who have wanted to support this ministry, I started a Patreon. And if you don't know, you know what that is, is it's a way for listeners and readers to say, you know, I believe in what Onward in the Faith is doing. I feel that God is calling me to support it. And so, you know, those who go to Patreon, they can pledge to basically give support to this ministry every month, you know, whether it's a dollar, whether it's $20, as some people do, you know, it's, it's been a way for people who want to contribute and ultimately help out with some of the costs associated with running the blog and, and hosting a podcast. It's been a good way for people to support that. And I knew there were some people who would help, you know, some people would want to, to give their support to it, but I've been really overwhelmed with the level of support and, that's because I, you know, I, I started this saying, I'm not in this to make money. I, I am happy if this is what God's calling me to. I'm happy to foot the bill and pay all the monthly costs associated with this. But through the support of listeners, whether it's been one-time donations, whether it's been people who have been donating since the beginning, you know, Patreon has just has really grown to the point that, you know, this year I've been able to cover all my expenses. And it's it's been because of the support of people who who feel called to help this ministry and so again as with everything on in this ministry there's been some growing pains there was some stuff I had to figure out but I'm at a good place now where basically the patreon is just there for those who who want to obey God if he's calling them to support you know there's no benefits there's no special gifts or merchandise or anything for supporting this it's purely just those who say I believe in this you know, where can I throw five bucks? You know, how can I how can I easily support Onward in the Faith? Now, another thing, and this is probably what most people are talking about when they're looking back at 2020, is just everything that's happened with COVID. There's been a lot of shakeups in the world, and like most of you, there's been a lot of shakeups in my own life. One thing that COVID taught me is that I am very much a creature of habit. When I first started Onward in the Faith, I was writing articles five days a week, and I was constantly at it. I had my routine. I had my beats where, you know, a few days a week, everyone would be out of the house, and I'd be able to just sit and just, you know, crank out a few articles. Well, with, you know, the pandemics and the shutdowns, my wife has been home all the time, which has been amazing, but, you know, she's been home. The kids, um, we homeschool, but they had out-of-house activities that they would go to. Those things have been, you know, canceled and things like that to where everyone's just been always home all the time. And I love my family. I love spending time with them. But, you know, four kids is not great for trying to be productive and get things done. So it was really hard for me to go from, you know, having these pockets of time where I could sit and I could think and I could pray and I could just write whatever articles I had planned that week to now trying to eke out time and having to stay up late when I'm exhausted and write and things like that. And so... From that, I really developed a new sort of release schedule. 
And I wasn't happy with it at first because I felt like I'd gone from cranking out five articles a week to one or two a week and now a podcast episode. But overall, it's actually worked out for the better. Uh, on a personal level, it's been much less stressful because I, I'm not constantly trying to juggle you know, my two or four-year-old daughters wanting to spend time with me or hanging out with my older kids or spending time with my wife. I haven't had to kind of fight that that push and pull of making sure they have enough time, but also I dedicate enough time to the ministry and writing. And so now what I'm able to do is I'm able to spend a lot of time with my family, but because I'm only writing one or two articles a week and I'm only recording one episode, I get time to just sit and study and chew on the topic that I want to talk about. And I can spend several days doing that instead of doing two or three articles in a single day and trying to kind of balance out the tone of the article and the thought process behind them and remembering all the scripture that I'm wanting to do and things like that. And so overall, that's just been a really nice change of pace where I'm still giving good content or what I hope is good content, but instead of kind of spreading it thin and just churning things out, I'm able to create fewer but higher quality things. And if you've been here since day one or since you know, during the transition from five articles to fewer, I assume you've actually been thankful for it too. Cause I know there's some people who they've really enjoyed making it part of their day to day, but I heard from a lot of people who would just say, you know, I'm having a hard time keeping up. You know, I need to spend a few hours this weekend and just try to catch up with what you've written. And that was always discouraging to me because I felt like people felt obligated. You know, they felt invested whether because they were my friends or just because they, you know, loved me or because they really enjoyed what I wrote but it was almost a burden on them to try to keep up. And so even though I was making a lot of content, it was, I think, having less impact on people. And so, again, just slowing it down, refining it, polishing it up, I think has been really good for the ministry. Now, one thing that has kind of been funny to me is that I'm, I don't enjoy particularly talking about current events. I enjoy kind of the timeless theology discussions, you know, things that are relevant at all times because they're they're evergreen. You know, someone's always going to have questions or thoughts about one particular topic. So, for example, something as random as where does our soul come from? You know, when is it created? When, it, when did God make the soul? You know, those don't have anything to do with what's happening in the world today, but it's a thought that everyone has. And so those are the things I like to talk about. But as I was thinking about this episode, and I was kind of scrolling back through everything I've written this year, I realized that I have talked about a lot of current events. I've talked about the election, Black Lives Matter, and whether Christians and churches should support it. Uh, I talked about conspiracy theories, and especially the QAnon crowd. I spent a good chunk of time on the Catholic Church, which a surprising number of people really enjoyed. I talked about divorce, uh, supernatural gifts. I had my kind of joke article that poked fun at people who almost purposely misread the Bible to prove that the earth is flat. And so, you know, I had some fun with that one. But I talked about COVID and how we should respond to it individually, how the church should respond to it, and things like, you know, can you go to church from home? Should you take communion at home? And just things like that. You know, I spent a lot of time, you know, they may have not been one-to-one on current events, but I talked more about things that are maybe more forefront on people's minds. And it's gotten a really good response to the point that that's certainly not going to be my focus ever because I just want to talk about all things theology. And if you've been around long enough, you know that 
there's no real theme or thread to what I do. It's I just really I talk about whatever I've thought about in the past, whatever I'm struggling with or thinking about at the moment. That's what I want to talk to you about. And it's takes a smattering of everything. But I've been much more open from what I've created this year to just talking about things that people are thinking about today, because obviously I have thoughts about it. And the things I say, the way that I apply a biblical worldview seems to be a blessing or a challenge to people. And again, if I'm here to serve you, it doesn't matter if I like it. It doesn't matter if talking about things like the election or the riots or things like that. It doesn't matter if I love that topic, if it will serve you, if it will help draw you closer to God, if it will deepen and strengthen your walk with Christ, then that's what I'm going to do. And so finally, uh, the last thing that was kind of big for me this year is really the thing that's closest to my memory, and that is my kind of personal challenge to write an Advent devotional. And how this came about was kind of wild, and it's one of those things where I have no choice but to say that God kind of brought it to me and I had no choice but to run with it because I'd been thinking, I'd been praying ever since really, I want to say mid-October, just asking God, you know, I want to do something fun for Christmas. I want to I want to mix it up a little. You know, I always try to do something a little holiday themed. You know, I talked about Santa Claus and Halloween and I've had Easter articles and things like that. You know, I, I tend to do things for the big holidays because that's what people are thinking about. But I just, I didn't want to do another thing about Santa Claus or Christmas trees so what was I supposed to do? What was I going to do this year? And, you know, November, nothing really stuck out to me as exciting. And so I figured as time went on, something would hit me. And so on the very last day in November, I don't even know where it came from. I can't remember what I was thinking about. I was just standing in my kitchen and it just hit me. Advent. Do an Advent devotional series. And my immediate reaction was, nope, I don't do devotionals. I, I don't even know how to write a devotional because devotionals are short. I don't do short. Look at everything I write. It's not short. But I just, I couldn't shake it. And so I just, you know, I was praying and I was just like, you know, is this, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Is this, is this going to be of use and benefit to people? And, uh, you know, I, I, as the hours of the day went on, I felt more peace about it. And so I said, all right. And so it was really neat. I talked to um, one of the elders at my church and I said, hey, here's what I'm going to be doing. Um, you know, I submit an article to my church's blog once a week and I said, what would you think about me basically doing day one for my own blog and posting day one to the church's blog as well? And he said, yeah, do it. So I wrote out chunks of the Advent series every day. You know, I did five on the first day and five on the second day and, and you know, started uh, writing them out. And I posted one every day for 25 days. And what was really cool cool about it for me wasn't that I was able to do it, which was surprising that I kept everything under uh, two pages on my Google document, which most of my articles tend to be about five to six pages just to show how impressive that was. But what I really enjoyed was that, you know, it, it wasn't a thing where I just kept looking at baby Jesus and looking at everything related to his birth. It was just the entirety of Christ's time on earth and how Everything that he did fulfilled something in the Old Testament, whether it was a direct prophecy, whether it was something that the people who you know wrote the Old Testament, you know, people like Isaiah and all that, didn't even maybe realize that what they were talking about was related to the Messiah. But we see clarity in the New Testament where it says, and, you know, Christ fulfilled, you know, this and that. And it was just a 
good experience for me because it really brought me back to just kind of the base level. Wow, here is the plan God's had all along. The Messiah was always coming. He wasn't a plan B. You know, Christ wasn't one of those, you know, in case of emergency break glass situations. From the moment God spoke reality into existence, he'd always planned to come to earth. You know, the Father had always planned to send the Son to die for our sin, to take our place. And it was just a beautiful thing just to really get back down to kind of the roots of what our faith is all about and who it is that we serve and love and are so thankful to. And if you haven't read it, of all the ones I wrote, and and people have shared with me, you know, oh, this was the best one, this was my favorite. But for me, the very best one I wrote was the very last one, Day 25, because all I did is it just said, What happened on the cross? What does it mean that Christ died for our sins, that he took our place? And when I wrote it, I, I I was, I was to the point of tears because it's just, it's so beautiful and so heartbreaking, not what Christ did, but why he had to do it. What it is that he actually suffered under the wrath of God, because him dying wasn't all there was to it. You know, people will often criticize Christianity and say, oh, well, it's not a big deal that Jesus died because he just popped back out of the grave three days later. But understanding what happened leading up to his death shows how good our God is, why we love Jesus Christ, and really for me, how gross and disgusting my sin truly is. Because every time, you know, I lie or get angry at my kids or whatever, I'm I'm asking Jesus, hey, take my place under the wrath of God for this so that I can enjoy it. And as I was writing that, it just, it struck me anew just how ridiculous it is that I think that sin can offer any satisfaction to me when what I think is going to bring me life, what I think is going to bring me satisfaction. The only thing it does is it brought death to Jesus Christ. It brought God's wrath upon his perfect son in my place. So just, it was a, it was a great series for me to write. And I'm actually um, looking at kind of putting it all into a document. If anyone wants kind of a digital format of all of it, whether for Advent, whether they just want to kind of go through and see all the ways that Christ has fulfilled the Old Testament. Um, and so I'm hoping to make that available in January. I, I want to kind of clean it up, maybe get some you know nice graphics in it or something like that. I'm not really sure. But, uh, you know, that was a really nice way for me personally to cap off 2020 and all the unique ways that God has worked through Onward in the Faith and that he has really let me serve his people by, you know, writing and recording and, you know, often failing, but trying to be obedient and trying to bring him glory through just teaching and and hopefully getting all of you to love God's word and to find truth in what he gives and not what the world offers. So in terms of what's happened in 2020, you know, it, again, it was a weird year for everybody, but That's been my year. It's been awesome. It's been fantastic. It has driven me so close to God and has brought me a deeper understanding and love for who Jesus Christ is. And I hope that in whatever way God's allowed me, I've been able to do that for you as well. I've been able to draw you closer to your Savior, to help you love the holiness of God, and to enjoy and appreciate the role of the Holy Spirit in your life, growing you, and helping you, you know, hate sin and love the things of God more and more. Because um, really, that's my goal. That That's all I want is for Onward in the Faith to be something that you don't look at and remember, you know, clever things or whatever, but you just, you see it as a resource 
for your spiritual growth or for the growth of those around you where you can send them articles or podcast episodes. I hope that that's been Onward in the Faith for you. I hope, above all, that it's just served you well. So all that being said, what is next? What's on the horizon for Onward in the Faith? Uh, you know, as always, my goal isn't, like I said, to be the big name and, and all that, but I want to be a good steward of what God's given me, and so I'm always thinking of how to improve it and how to make this more useful for God's people. So the big thing I have in my mind right now is a complete website redesign. Um, you know, right now it's set up in a typical blog where you kind of tune in and you read what I've written recently, and that's fine. I know that's how a lot of people use it, but I really want it to be a thing where if you have a question on holiness or marriage or parenthood or how to read the Bible. I want it to be a place where you can go and you trust that you can easily find answers to your questions. And right now it's not set up for that. The best thing that you can do is to search kind of a broad term and hope that something turns up. But even for me, knowing all the articles I've written, whenever I'm trying to link back to something I've written previously, sometimes I have to do two or three different searches just to find it. And if that's frustrating for me, I can't imagine how it is for those of you trying to make it work. So I really want to do kind of an index or a topical layout where if you have questions on world religions, you can go to the world religions section and just see everything that's been written and go from there. So, you know, I just want to tune the website to be of the utmost usefulness for people who want to use it. Um, and of course, a facelift is always nice. So that's where um, kind of a lot of my Patreon money is going as I'm saving up for hopefully a designer who can do this because I've tried to kind of blindly flail my way through it, but web design, I just, I'm only 35. It's not like I'm, you know, a really old person trying to make this happen, but I just don't get websites at all. I, I use the most basic tools and I feel like I'm at the risk of breaking everything I've spent the last two years writing. So that's kind of foundational what I'd like to get done sometime soon. Um, Something that won't really affect any of you, but it's been on my mind, is I would really like to build a permanent recording space for this podcast and something that I'm going to talk about next that's a secret. But, you know, right now I just kind of, I have my mic and I have my uh, recorder and I have my laptop that I read my notes on and I kind of just plop down wherever I can find some empty table space and some quiet in the house and just record. And so I'd like to get, you know, a desk and kind of a nice setup. Um, to get these episodes recorded and do my editing and just have that dedicated space, you know. Uh, but not just for the podcast, because I've been challenged by a good friend to consider a YouTube channel, because that's where a lot of people are right now. Um, you know, it, even if people just want pure audio, people are more likely to go to YouTube than their podcast app to find something to listen to or to search for a topic. So... YouTube's something I'm struggling with because I don't like the spotlight. I don't I don't want Onward in the Faith to be about Ray Burns. If you you know if you go to my blog right now, you'll see um, the top image says Onward in the Faith, a blog and podcast by Ray Burns, I think. And for the longest time, I more or less avoided even putting my name on the website. And the only reason I've done that and I've done kind of an about me section on the blog is because People want to have someone to attach to the words they're reading, and I get that. But, you know, I try, I'm trying very hard to avoid our culture's kind of celebrity obsession, if you will, where, 
you know, a ministry or someone's teachings are based on how people like the individual, you know, and so, you know, cause, and, and I've been guilty of this, you know, there are teachings that I am more likely to listen to based on who is saying it, not because necessarily of their theology, but because I like their delivery. I like their personality and things like that. And so I want this not to be about, you know, I love this teaching because of who Ray is, because if it's based on me, this thing's going to flop. But, you know, with YouTube, the whole thing is built on personality and, and a person's identity. And so, you know, right now I feel God pushing me in that direction. I'm not fully settled and peaceful about it, but you know, if I did it, I don't know that I could do it how most people do where it's just their face talking. I think it would be more of kind of like a presentation uh, where, you know, I have verses and points that I'm making on screen and maybe, maybe a picture of me in the corner, you know, nice and small. That way people can attach something personal to it because that is helpful to people. And I, you know, again, I don't, I don't want my preferences to stand in the way of what is useful. So YouTube might be in the future. You might get to see the guy who's doing all this talking. I mean, you can see me on the blog anyway, because you can see my picture in my about me thing, but that's where that is. And again, if I had a permanent recording space, that's what that would be used for. You know, I'd have be able to record myself visually as well as my audio. Um, another thing is that the, you know, I've had this in my mind for a while, but the Advent thing and wanting to compile it into one whole document really got me thinking about how I want to create, you know, a workbook or some kind of, of actual tools or aids for people who want to either, you know, dig into God's word or, um, you know, wrestle through challenging passages and things like that. You know, cause I've, you know, you've probably heard my episode on how to read and understand the Bible, where we take a famous passage in Jeremiah and kind of walk through how to actually understand what's being said. Anytime I dig deeply into something from the Bible, you know, I will go through this process where I look at, okay, what has come before, what's come, coming after, who is writing, who are they writing to, things like that. And then from there, you know, we kind of draw our teaching out. And so I'm looking at maybe doing some kind of workbook um, type thing for people who are interested in kind of not just sitting and listening, but actually applying the things that they're learning and, you know, ultimately teaching people to, in a way, I guess, feed themselves. So I'm really bouncing back and forth on how I want that to look, how I would release it and things like that. But you can give some thoughts about that in the survey that I told you about in the show notes, because the survey talks about the YouTube channel and the workbook and just kind of asks you some questions about what you'd like to see or what would be helpful and useful to you as you are using this ministry in your life. Um, another thing is I am really even more more thoroughly thinking about writing some kind of a book, not your typical 300-page uh, thing that can be hard to get through, but something brief and practical. Um, and how I am thinking about doing that is kind of writing it through the blog, where I would, you know, chapter one, I would actually write it as a blog post, and I would, you know, get feedback and things like that. And then maybe eventually, just like with the Advent series, take all these chapters and, and make them available in one uh, file or even maybe a physical release. Uh, again, I'm not sure. I have two things, two topics that um, I think would make for a good and useful uh, book for the people who use this ministry, but we'll see. Um, and then finally, uh, something that I hope 2021 holds in store is that I will um, be able to get some more 
financial support as well as find ways that work with who I am and how I think that will grow this ministry. And by that, I mean that, uh, you know, in the middle or so of last year, I tried to do the whole Twitter thing. You know, I've been, I've always been on Twitter, you know, cause that's, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you get an, a tweet of whenever I release a new episode, but I tried the social media thing and trying to kind of be a presence, but it just, it doesn't jive with how I think and ultimately my worldview because a lot of social media and especially Twitter, it doesn't make for good conversation and dialogue. Uh, you know, I could spend hours on Twitter talking back and forth with people and ultimately probably not a lot's going to get done just because the medium is very limited. And so, you know, I tried to see if maybe that was a, a good way to try to grow this ministry. And I'm sure that I could have gotten my name out there more, but a lot of Twitter just seems built on making broad controversial statements because that gets people to click on it. You know, people love controversy. They love when someone says, hey, my side's right and your side's wrong. And people will either say, yeah, yeah, go, you're right. Or no, you're an idiot and here's why. And it's all just built on kind of being divisive and combative. And again, there's room for intensity in debates and, you know, not everyone needs to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. I am very much in favor of, um, you know, calling out things that need to be called out, but I just don't see Twitter as being beneficial for the most part. It's either you're either getting cheers from people who are already on your side, or you're just driving a wedge between you and people who need to be reached and who may be in error, but you know, they have to take their stand because everyone's watching and no one wants, you know, 10,000 people to see them turn on their belief system. So in terms of finding a way to grow this ministry, I've, I need to find a way that works for me is ultimately what I'm saying. A way that doesn't require me to spend a lot of time on social media, just chatting and kind of wasting what little time I have. Um, you know, cause again, there's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but I also want to find a way to kind of get the, what I write into groups. So, you know, I shared how my church shares my blog with the people who follow it on Facebook. And I've really liked that because it's not about people following me. It's about, you know, my church who trusts me, you know, they may not fully agree with everything I say, but they at least trust me enough to, you know, promote what I'm writing or whatever. And I've liked that because it's not about me. It's about a group who trusts what I create and they then give it to their people. And so I'm, I'm been praying for several months, probably all year, I guess, about how to integrate that into a wider scale, um, to grow this because I, obviously I want people to read what I'm writing. I want them to hear what I'm saying, not because I think I'm right or I'm the best out there, but because I want to teach and the more people I can teach and challenge and encourage the better. So got to figure out some way to, to make that work. Um, and then, you know, financially I, you know, as I said, my necessary expenses are fully covered and, you know, God's been so good in bringing people who just believe in what this ministry does to want to support that. So now I'm at a point where I, I would really like to make this sustainable and be able to replace, um, my other sources of side income so that I can focus more on this ministry, whether it's, uh, writing and recording more or just spending more times, you know, being able to read more books for reviews or connect with people or whatever God has for me um, and how I could use my time better. I'd really like to just free myself up for that and 
not make a living wage off of doing this, but at least make enough money that I don't need to worry about, you know, kind of covering bills with uh, focusing my attention on other, uh, you know, side jobs that I might have. So that's what I'd like to see in 2021 is now that I'm to the point where necessary expenses are covered, I would like to get to the point where those who want to support this ministry and me, uh, I can get to a point that I'm kind of sustained purely through the the kindness of of those who love this ministry and you know appreciate what it is that I'm doing here. So that is that's kind of my goal for 2021. It's all really just I don't even say this to be funny, but you know I I want to keep this ministry moving onward and being faithful with what God's given me and the people that He brings to this ministry who you know they read or they listen um, and just being of good use to you and ultimately just driving all of you uh, not to look at me but to look at God and um, you know whatever small way God allows me to do that I am thankful for so thank you all for the year that you've given me whether you're new around here whether you're kind of part of the old guard uh, just thank you for any kind words you've given I thank you especially for your prayers whether it's for the ministry itself whether it's for uh, you know my health and my you know any difficulties I've had, uh, you know, in, in whatever way you've prayed for me or this ministry, I'm very thankful. Thank you for your support, whether it's sharing this with others, whether it's financial, whether it's just clicking and reading and not letting my words go out into emptiness. Uh, I'm just, I'm very thankful for all of you, even if I don't know who you are, even if you've never reached out or I don't know your name. I am thankful for you because you let me play a part in your walk with Christ. You allow me in, you trust me or this ministry enough to at least consider the things that I say and hopefully um, make it a part of your worldview, whether it's agreeing with me or just letting it kind of sharpen your beliefs that may be different than mine. Um, Just thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for the year 2020. And thank you for letting me help you move onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ.